time. Um, this week, we're going to be having a special guest speaker, his, his references for every nation. And it was an amazing quality event. Like, Singapore is just a different place. And he built that church to about 1,000 people or around 1,000 people. And then he, he transitioned. He felt God call him to uh, the next season of his life. So he uh, transitioned that to another leader in every nation. And he's currently planting a church in Melbourne, Melbourne uh, Australia. And he has a prophetic, a very strong prophetic gift on his life. And uh, it's, I thought it would be amazing to have him over because he's here visiting family. His father, uh, on the way over, I just learned this, but his father is a pastor on the island of Kauai and just retired at the age of 81 years old. And so he's a part of a legacy of ministers on the island, but God called him out. And uh, we're really blessed to have you here. Um, so can you give Pastor Larry a warm welcome? Thank you so much. Well, it's great to be together with you. And aloha, everyone. Um, I really appreciate Pastor Jonathan's uh, introduction because... Uh, last time I was here, Pastor Eddie introduced me, and it was so intimidating because he says, uh, last time Pastor Larry was here, he had uh, seven ovations, and so uh, we'll see if he can beat that number. And so thank you, uh, Pastor Jonathan. <laughs> it's not intimidating, uh, but it's great to be here with you, and you're doing a great job, and it's great to be with Pastor Eddie again. Um, and it's so great to be here in Maui. Maui is so amazing, isn't it? Wow, what a beautiful place. So, um, yeah, I woke up at uh, 5 this morning, and uh, I was so offended because Hawaiian Air canceled my flight. So, <laughs> talking about offense, right? And, uh, wow, okay, it was such a radical rush uh, to try to... I didn't know if I was going to make it, but praise God... God has a plan, right? Amen. All right, there's one. <laughs> All right. So I just want to share this um, picture of my family. Um, I have uh, three children. My oldest is 32. I know you thought I was in my 30s, okay, but I'm not. Okay, my oldest is 32, and, and uh, he, his wife is there, and my granddaughter is there. And yesterday, they just gave birth to my newest grandson. Wow. So we have two grandchildren. And then my middle son is, is there, and my daughter is there. And our dog, we sent out for adoption because we're no longer in Singapore. So we had to send her out. Okay. Anyway, so sad. Um, my um, father is uh, full Japanese. My mom is uh, full American Indian. So that means I have an Indian name. And my Indian name is Flower Mountain. Wow. Pretty cool, right? <laughs> okay. So I won't tell you the Indian joke, okay, for the sake of time. Um, as Pastor Jonathan said, that my father uh, just retired from ministry. This was uh, the reason why we're here. Just last week, we had three nights of just um, really just honoring him and then setting in the new pastor. And the new pastor is actually Pastor David Leong, who he told me Pastor Eddie was his youth pastor <laughs> way long time ago. And it's so amazing. Wow, the connections, right? And... Um, 
So just so thankful uh, for my dad's ministry. And it's so funny because just to let you know, I'm 57 years old. And um, so you all know that you're never not a son, right? So I go back to my dad's church, and my dad is bossing me around. And he's like, okay, son, pray for him. Okay, son, do this. Okay, son, yeah, okay, prophesy over him. And I'm like, dad, I'm 57 years old. Normally people ask me. I was battling with offense. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to start this with this story. And uh, years ago, I was, um, oh, okay. Years ago, I was uh, in a conference. And as I was in the conference, the Lord said, turn around and help the person behind you. So I turned around and I said, you know, I introduced myself and I said, who, you know, who are you and what do you do? And he said that he was a pastor in the Philippines and in this particular city. So I said, is there anything I can do to help you? And he says, yeah, maybe you can come and do a marriage retreat. So we worked out dates, and my wife and I, we flew over to, the, to his um, island. And we went there, and as I'm on the plane, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, change your message and speak a message on don't quit. So it was so funny. So I'm, I'm on the plane and I'm writing. It was a three and a half hour journey. So I'm writing a message on the plane about don't quit. So on Thursday night, we start the marriage uh, conference and I'm preaching a message on, on don't quit. And then afterwards, the pastor comes up to me and he says, did anyone tell you uh, our meeting that happened the day before? And I said, no, I just arrived. Why? What's going on? And he says, oh, um, because I just told my board that I'm quitting. And I said, well, I guess God says don't quit. <laughs> but it was so amazing because, and, and he decided he wasn't going to quit. But this lady came up to me after that, that session, and she says, um, uh, I, I, I don't know what to do because uh, two years ago, I got married uh, to my husband, and then she says, that night, they got in a big fight, argument, and the husband left, and she hasn't seen him for two years. And so she says, I don't know what to do. Should I give up on the marriage, or should I hold on? And I said, well, I guess the message is don't quit. So let's pray that your marriage will be restored. So we prayed that night. That was Thursday Friday night, the, we still had a session. Saturday, we had all-day sessions. And then Sunday was four services. The last service on Sunday, it was so funny because every service, there was lines of people, you know, we were praying for. And then the last guy has a hat covering his face like this. So he comes up, and I said, what do you need prayer for? And he goes, anything, anything. So I started praying for him, and I said, 
The Lord says that there is a, you know, I started going about leadership. There's a leadership gift on your life, and the enemy has tried to attack you, and, and he, you've been running away from God. In fact, you've been running away from your family. And then I, I kind of, I opened my eyes to look at the pastor, and the pastor was like so excited. He's going, go, bro, go, bro. So I got me more excited. So I'm saying, and the Lord says, come back to him. And I got even more excited, and, and it was so funny. And the guy's bawling, crying, and I'm like, what in the world's going on? you know, with this guy. Anyway, the pastor told me that that guy was that lady's husband that I prayed for on Thursday night. And she said, they said that they haven't seen, okay, that's the third clap, thank God. Okay, <laughs> they haven't seen um, him for two years. That night, they got restored. They got back together in marriage so this was, I don't know, maybe like 18 years ago. And it was so incredible what happened. So their marriage got restored. And then I went to a conference, maybe it was seven years ago in Philippines, and it was like a school of empowerment, I can't remember, a school of intercession um, uh, conference. And this guy comes up to me and he says, Pastor Larry, do you remember me? I'm like, uh, no. I said, who are you? And he says, Oh, remember, you, you prayed for me, and then I'm the guy that my marriage got restored. I just want you to know that I'm a pastor now. Oh, I'm like, praise God. Come on. God is so good. I share that with you because you're on a series on fighting through offenses. And it's amazing how the enemy will try to attack, right, relationships. And we have to understand that God is relational. He's a relational God. He loves to relate with us, and he creates us to be a relational people. Isn't it amazing the moment you get married, right, in a relationship, the very person you love, right? Okay, we always like to say this, right? You, you, you right, you, you opposites attract, but when you get married, right, opposites attack, okay, because... My wife is Singaporean Chinese, right? I grew up on Kauai where it's, hey, hang loose, you know, take it easy, enjoy life. After school, we go beach, you know, we go swim. You know, in Singapore, no, no beach. After school, you study, and then you go for tuition classes, and you study some more, and study, and study, and study. Why? Because you want to get in the good schools. Okay, that's Singapore. Okay, sorry if my Singapore slang's coming out, but, you know, <laughs> that's the environment. So you got to understand the clash. I'm like, hey, let's just have fun with the kids. No, you got to have tuition. You know, okay, anyway, my life. Wow, crazy. Okay. But talk about fighting for relationships, right? It is, it is a battle. And so God, if God loves relationship, how many of us know the enemy hates it? And he's going to fight it with everything we got. You know, um, it's funny because um, I, I grew up in church, so... I was involved in pretty much every ministry, kids' church. I, I was a kids' church teacher, and then I went to kids' church teaching the kids, and then one of the kids says, I don't like you, teacher. <gasps> I got offended. So then I'm like, I better not be a kids' church teacher. They don't like me. So then I tried ushering. Then I was ushering, you know, welcoming people. Then the pastor says, oh, can you usher people to the front? 
Well, I tell you, that's the hardest job ever, trying to usher people to the front. So I'm, I'm ushering people in the back. You know, everybody has a set place where you, they sit, right? Come on, I know you guys. There's a set place. And then you get offended when somebody sits in your place. Oh, I know. Okay, I've been in church a long time, okay? So anyway, I'm ushering people. Then there was this one lady. I don't want to point because maybe some of you are there. Okay, but anyway, there was this one lady in the back. And then uh, she, I, I was supposed to usher her to the front, right? The pastor said. So I said, excuse me, can you um, please go to the front? The pastor wants everybody to sit in the front. She says, Sonny, I've been sitting here for 20 years. And if you think you're going to move me, you have another thing coming to you. And then I was thinking of that hymn, I shall not, I shall not be moved. Okay, some of you don't remember that hymn. But <laughs> it was like, oh, I started, I feel like I wanted to cry already, you know, so hurt, so offended. I'm not a good usher, you know, so I got to try another ministry. Anyway, I went through life battling with offenses. Okay, I'm not going to tell you about all my offensive story, but I love this topic because I got so many. Okay. So anyway, the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life to the full or full, full abundant life. And isn't it amazing, right, how the enemy tries to rob and steal every single relationship, the very person we love, we end up hating and being so offended. You know, sometimes we were praying, Lord, give me kids, give me kids. The moment we have kids, why did you give me these kids, Lord? Oh, I couldn't, why couldn't I have better kids? You know, it's so funny. Okay, so anyway, it says in uh, Luke 17, uh, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to those whom they do come. So, yeah, th we're going to get have opportunity to get offended all the time. And it doesn't matter. We can be a new Christian or an old Christian. We're still going to get offended. And it was so funny because um, I was in Singapore working for this pastor. And this, this pastor said, you know, he was um, uh, preaching. And he says he was on the way to church that day and somebody cut him off, went right in front of him. And then he started yelling at him, you know, he's saying, how dare you cut me off? And then the wife had to stop him and says, Can stop yelling at him. He might be going to church. And then he goes, oh, okay. oh, bless you, bless you, bless you. <laughs> so it's so funny. Even on the way to church, I know some of you got offended, right? Uh, look at your spouse. Okay, don't look at your spouse. It's okay. All right. Okay, so this title that I'm, I'm going to talk about today is called Offended Not, okay? Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them, Offended Not? So we're going to learn not to be offended because the enemy tries to put us in this cage. Um, years ago, when um, in, in Singapore, we don't know... Um, what's the cause of, of many sicknesses, like especially cancer? Um, but many believe that one cause could be offense and unforgiveness and bitterness. And we were in the hospital and we were praying for one of our members, and and we had felt like there was a word that 
she was carrying bitterness. And so we asked, is there anyone that, you know, you're, you haven't forgiven? And she says, yes, you know, I will never forgive my sister-in-law for what she did to my son. And so we just encouraged her, you know, we don't know what's the cause of, of cancer, but, you know, you need to let go so that you need to forgive so that the Lord can heal you and forgive you. So in the process of just praying with her and encouraging her, she finally agreed. She says, okay, I'm, I'm willing to forgive. And, of course, with tears in her eyes, she, she forgave, you know, her sister-in-law. It was a matter of, so after that, we're talking to her. Ten minutes later, she gets a call on her phone, and it's her sister-in-law. And her sister-in-law was also battling cancer in another hospital. And a pastor was praying for her the exact same time and telling her the same thing. If, and you need to, to release and, and let go. And so the pastor led her in prayer to forgive. And so she had the burden to call her sister and, and sister-in-law. And so they got reconciled on the phone. The amazing thing was that sister-in-law got miraculously healed of cancer. But the, the one, the lady I was praying for, she eventually passed away. But her whole family received the Lord. And so it was quite amazing that, that especially her son became actually one of my administrators. And it was, he was yeah, really amazing. And the, the, her son and the daughter actually are, became full-time. So, and her daughter's still full-time in our church in Singapore. And so I want to encourage us um, not to fall into that trap of, the, of offense. And so I want to encourage us in, in three ways uh, to do this. And, and the first one is offense is a choice. Okay? There is always going to be that choice to be offended or not. And we can see that in the life of uh, Cain and Abel. And uh, do you know why uh, Cain killed his brother? Because he was able. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't know that. That's an old joke. I guess Pastor Eddie never said that one. Okay. So <laughs> I like this in Genesis 4, 6, and 7. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will, will not... Will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. We all know the issue that uh, Abel gave the sacrifice of animals. Cain gave the sacrifice of, of vegetables. We don't know exactly the, the reason why Cain's sacrifice was not fully accepted. Some say it was because he didn't give the best or he didn't give the, the meat. Um, we're not sure, but... Um, for some reason, his wasn't accepted. So he got offended, he got jealous, and eventually killed his brother. And so the warning that the Lord gave him is, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you rule over it. How many times, right, in our lives, in relationships, we can tell, 
We have that sin crouching at our door. The moment somebody says something, cuts us off, our spouse does something that irritates you, you have that moment to get offended. It's so amazing that when I get into disagreements with my, my wife, I can actually have flash moments. If I say this, which is, you're just like your mother, ooh, World War III, you know? Or if I say, oh, I'm sorry, heaven on earth, right? And so it's, it's these flash moments. Deep down, you're so angry, you're upset, you're offended. You so bad want to say you're just like your mother. And then feel that revenge. Oh, I feel so satisfied. But is it worth it to live one week without eating dinner? Is it worth it to go through the suffering and the pain? No. So I heed the angel voice. I'm so sorry. I will wash my cup. <laughs> so, we get so offended over small little things. You know, it's so funny because when we first got married, okay, uh, to be honest, okay, I didn't, I didn't know how to wash clothes. Oh, I'm a mama's boy, okay. I didn't know how to wash clothes, didn't wash my cup, my dishes, so bad. We first got married, uh, my wife would always say, can you please wash your dishes? Please wash your dishes. I'd say, okay, okay, okay. But I never did. I forgot. And then... One day I went, didn't wash my cup, you know. Then my wife went to the kitchen, saw my dirty dishes, ran to the room, starts crying. I'm like, what? Crying over a dish? It doesn't make sense, right? I knock on the door. Are you okay? What's wrong? Why are you crying? You don't love me. You don't care about me. Okay, I'm exaggerating because my wife's not here. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, I had to forgive. I mean, I had to ask, I had to say I'm sorry. But now I wash my dishes, thank God. So I actually have to remind myself in my mind after I eat, wash your dishes, wash your dishes. I'm so old already, and I still have to tell myself, wash your dishes. It's, it's a good marriage tip, Pastor Jonathan, Okay. <clears throat> okay, that goes on about uh, Cain's story in uh, Genesis 4, uh, 13 and 14. It says, Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence, and I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And that's what offense does, is it really, it isolates you. And it causes you to pull away from people. You know, just think of the person that you're so offended with. When was the last time you talked to them? You probably deleted them from Facebook. I know. I defriend you. There you go. Not, okay, anyway. <laughs> okay. Now look at this. It says, um, Proverbs 18.1, it says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, but he rages against all uh, judgment. And so we need to be careful of 
how offenses can really isolate us. Okay, sorry, I only got eight minutes left, and I only did my first point. Okay, so <laughs> the second one is um, offense is a test. Okay, in Psalm 139, verse two, 23 to 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me on the way of everlasting. And I love this because we're warned offenses are going to come. The enemy's going to use it to try to divide us and try to, you know, isolate us. And so a lot of times offense is really a, a test. I remember um, Pastor Steve telling me, you never know you have a disciple unless you confront them or offend them and they stay. Then you have a disciple. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try that. So then I go and confront them and offend them. Okay, but that's not the way you disciple people. Okay, so I had to learn later. Um, but I did, um, uh, I went up to one of the ushers one time, and then I said, he was a very serious guy, you know, greeting people at the door. How many of you got offended at the ushers because they didn't shake your hand this morning? Okay, well, thank you for not raising your hand. <laughs> but it's interesting that in my dad, and well, I shouldn't say, okay, in somebody's church, <laughs> a long time ago, you know, uh, somebody left, left his church because um, I, can, I heard him on the, on the phone uh, talking to my dad and said, uh, um, I'm offended because you didn't shake my hand today, so I'm not coming to your church anymore. It's amazing how people, you know, easily get offended, right? And so there was this one usher, and he was very serious. So he says, uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, like that. So I said, hey, bro, it'd be great, you know, uh, if you smile and just welcome people, you know. So he goes, oh, okay. And he never smiled. And then I never saw him again. He got so offended, he left church. And then years went by, and then I was ministering in another country, and then I saw him in the church. And so uh, after a service, he came up to me, and he says, uh, Pastor Larry, you remember me? And I was like, yeah, bro, what happened to you? And he says, oh, after you confronted me, I got offended, and I left. I was like, huh? I said, all I did was encourage you to smile. He says, yeah, that's the first time I ever got corrected in my life. I'm like, what? <laughs> I said, that was an encouragement. It wasn't even a correction. If you want correction, I can give you correction. Okay, anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Okay. Anyway, I said, what happened? He says, oh, it's a long story. Anyway, he, he's, he says, I'll send you an email. So he wrote me a four-page email on, you know, his life story and why that was his first time ever. And wow, I mean, amazing. So I said, well, thank God you're still in church. Come on. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, thank God you're still in church? Thank God you're still in church. Thank you. Thank you. You're still in church, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. I'm taking too long. Okay. So I like this in, in uh, Job uh, 2, 9 and 10. It says, uh, his wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin 
with what he did. We all know what Job went through, right? He lost everything, had sickness and all of that. And the wife is saying, just curse God and die. She was so offended. But Job did not. Man, he passed the test. And we all know this in James. It says that when we face uh, trials, you know, um, it says uh, have joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but patience will have its perfect work that you will uh, be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. And so as um, Pastor Jonathan was saying that in um, February of 2020, um, we were uh, sent to uh, Melbourne, Australia to plant a church. And uh, when we went, we scouted everywhere we can find uh, to where we can meet. And uh, our very first Sunday, um, we found this old rundown community hall. And we had uh, 33 adults, you know, and about 10 kids. And the problem was this community hall was so old that sometimes the lights didn't work. You know, uh, sometimes the, the toilets were overflow. And I was grumbling to God. I said, God, you know, how can you give this place to us? You know, it's so run down, you know, and, and it's, people won't, you know, want to come because it's, it's so old and all of this. And then we met three times, and then we got locked down <laughs> because of the worldwide situation that happened. And we were locked down so much, we were called one of the most locked down cities in the world <laughs> in Melbourne. And so we were going in and out of lockdown for almost, almost like a year and a half plus. And it was so bad, so terrible. I was grumbling to God. I was so offended at God. I said, God, you know, here you call us to Melbourne, and then we only met three times, and then you lock us down, and you not only lock us down, you lock us down in one of the most locked down cities of the world. How dare you, God? You know, I was grumbling to God, and then my wife was scolding me, and she was saying, did God call you here to plant, uh, to, to plant a church? I said, yes, and then she said, stop grumbling, you know, it's okay, and then <laughs> she says, well, start doing things online, so I we did online, we did life groups online, and then when things opened up again, it was quite incredible because in the midst of the two years of lockdown, uh, little did we know that the community um, was building uh, a new community hall. And so when we came out of lockdown, uh, they said, oh, because you were using the old community hall, you can now use the new one. And uh, they built a new community hall for us. And we meet there every Sunday. Isn't God amazing that in the midst of something that I was grumbling about, God had a plan. And he says, don't worry, I'm building you guys a new one. It is a two-story building, and we have it all Sunday just for us. And so I just want to encourage us because... You know, offense is a test, and many times God uses it to really test our faith, and he's setting us up so that we can grow and mature. Okay, in the last 30 seconds that I have, <laughs> sorry, okay, a tense, a, a offense is a fight, okay, and in, uh, I won't go into all this, but in um, John uh, 6, it talks about how the disciples were offended because of a statement Jesus made uh, that 
you're going to eat his body and drink his blood. He was talking about uh, communion, and, and they thought it was like cannibalism, and so they, they didn't fully understand everything. And so some of the disciples left in John 6, 66, and, and it says, from that time on, many disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Now, sometimes what happens is you'll hear a word and you get offended because you think, ah, the pastor's talking about me or God's pinpointing areas of my life. You know, I prophesied over people and you would think that people would be so encouraged you know, sometimes they get so offended. You know, it's like, wow, God knows me. You know, they get so mad. And I'm like, isn't that exciting? You know, I was prophesying over this one lady that was visiting the church. And then I said, I said, I see, I saw a picture of white blood cells flowing from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And I said, I, I believe the Lord's just healing you right now. And she goes, who told you why I'm here? And I said, what do you mean? I said, you're a visitor. Nobody told me. I said, why? What's going on? She says, I'm here because I uh, have to go to the hospital because I have leukemia and I need white blood cells. You know, I was like, that's exciting. Come on. God's going to heal you. And she goes, you know, it's the first time she ever got a prophetic word. And, and so she didn't know what to do with it. But anyway, I found it so amazing. Okay. So sometimes we get a word and we don't know how to handle it. We get so offended. I remember um, in, our, in our early years in our ministry, we would have conferences, and we would have names on the chair, and uh, they would have names for the pastors. So I went to one, one conference, and I walk in, and normally I'm not a first row pastor, right? So I look, okay, I skip the first row, and I'll go second row, and so I'll look, 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 oh, my name's not there. Okay, a third row, look, oh, my name's not there. Oh, no, I'm being, you know, demoted. Okay, fourth row. Fifth row. I went through. Then I went back to first row. No, my name wasn't there at all. I got offended. Maybe they don't think I'm a pastor anymore. That was going through my mind. So I sat in the back in the conference, and I had a pity party. And then I started having thoughts. Maybe I should quit the ministry. You know, maybe this ministry is not for me. You know, all that was going through my mind. So I'm having this pity party, and then my friend, my pastor friend comes to me, and he says, Pastor Larry, my name's not on the chair. Maybe they don't think I'm a pastor. I was like, really? Ah, <laughs> oh, don't worry, bro. I said, you can sit next to me. We, we, can, we can be um, buddies together. I got so encouraged. <laughs> I didn't tell him that my name wasn't on the chair. <laughs> but you know what? That guy left our ministry. I don't know if it, because, if it was because his name wasn't on the chair, but maybe it was. And isn't it amazing how we leave because of small little things? Marriages separate because one doesn't, you know, squeeze the toothpaste from the, the middle instead of the bottom, you know, or roll the toilet paper the wrong way, you know. It, it's right. We, we leave over small little things. And so I just want to encourage us in this is that it is a fight, and we got to fight uh, for relationship. 
And I will end with this because I'm over time. Uh, my son was uh, leading us in, in worship a couple months ago in, in Melbourne. And he was leading us in this song called Firm Foundation. And as we were singing words of the song, it goes, uh, when everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad. And I'm singing the words of the song, and I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. When everything around me is shaking, I've never been more glad. And I started having flashes of moments, people in my life. I had a family member that, that died last year. I had to come and do the funeral last year. I, my, my parents, my dad's battling Alzheimer's. My mom had a stroke last year. My own son, my 32-year-old son, had a stroke last year. And it was just, I was having flashes of my family, my sister recovering from cancer and, and things, and, and our own church members, many of their family members had passed, and, and I was having flashes, and all of a sudden, I couldn't get past the song. When everything around me shaking, I'd never been more glad. I started feeling those feelings of offense, offense towards God, offense, you know, that I'm struggling with, and then it goes on, that I put my faith in Jesus because he's never let me down. And all of a sudden, then I started having flashes of, oh, yeah. When I was born, I didn't have ears. And my parents prayed for six days and my ears formed. Uh, when I was nine, I, I struggled with asthma all my life. And when I was nine, uh, my parents prayed, and I was miraculously healed of asthma, and I haven't had asthma since. When I was 13, I was saved by an angel on a surfboard. I should have drowned in the ocean, but I didn't. God saved my life. When I was 17, we, should have, we were going head-on for another car, and my sister let go of that, the wheel. She says, Jesus, take the wheel, and, and the angel took the hold of the wheel and guided us right into sugarcane field, and we avoided a head-on collision. And I was going through story after story in my life. And, and in Singapore, how we bought a $9 million training center, and we were able to pay it off in, in four years. And it was just a scenario after scenario of how the Lord has come through that He's never let me down. He's been faithful to the generations. So why would He fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't, and I began to see it with all my, yes, he won't, he won't fail. He won't fail because he's always come through. And I want to encourage us today, no matter what you go through in your life, determine that you're going to say, I'm going to be offended not. I'm not going to let the enemy win. I'm not going to let the enemy get the better hand in my marriage relationship, my relationship with my family, my relationship in the church. You know, I'm not going to let the enemy win. No, I'm going to give, you know, the Lord, you know, full reign in my life. And I'm going to say yes to the Lord and al allow the Lord to deal with areas of my life so that I can grow even better. Amen? Amen. So let's stand up together. I want to pray for us. 
Father, I thank you that you're encouraging us to be offended not. And I thank you, Lord God, Father, that today we realize that offense, yes, it is a choice and it is a test. But Lord God, offense is a fight that, Lord, you have called us to win. The reason why Jesus came was to destroy the works of the evil one. And so right now I come against even every scheme and weapon of the enemy that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's trying to steal, kill, and destroy marriages in this place. I command you, enemy, get your hands off every marriage in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that your forgiveness would flow upon our hearts, that we would be willing to forgive willing to let go of that hurt, that offense, Lord God, so that healing can take place. I thank you that your word says how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's there where you command forth a blessing. So, Lord God, we speak forth a blessing in the name of Jesus. Father, in areas of our life, Lord God, where there has been offense before and we determine that we're not going to let the offense get the better of us and we choose to forgive i thank you lord god father that healing will take place and blessings will be poured out father in the name of jesus now i pray a blessing to be upon this church for the lord would say to you my sons and daughters that even now in this season yes you've been through even a storm it was like a whirlwind coming against you the enemy's scheme was was trying to even uh, try to divide and try to even cause like a like a I just saw like a whirlwind chairs flying things things going around you know it's like like a whirlwind uh, effect um, but the enemy cannot win i saw the lord just blowing that whirlwind away and he's saying now peace be still and there is coming even a new wind of revival in this house. There is coming a wind of refreshing. There is coming a wind of strengthening. Even there is coming a wind of the miraculous, says the Lord. In this season, watch and see what I will do as you trust in me, as you believe in me, as you pray together in, in your groups and pray for one another. Watch and see how the Lord is going to bring healing and deliverance. And Father, I just thank you so much, Father, for what you're going to do in this place. We are believing for great and mighty things because you are a great and a mighty God. Today, we declare, Lord God, you be Lord of our life. You be Lord of our relationships. We thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. <laughs>